goodness, where did all this snow come from? Saturday was beautiful. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is DePietro.com. I want to welcome in everyone tuning in that enjoy watching the live report and interacting with others on the live report. You can do that if you find my Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show. And it's very interactive. And the people that are watching comment on the news. They post news that other people uh, maybe are talking about, unfamiliar with. It's a happening. Find us on Facebook. Folks, this portion of the, it's John DePietro's show. If you find that page, then you will find where we are on this live noon report, noon to one, each day. Everything you need to know that is going on locally, nation. International, because there's a lot going on internationally. And it's brought to you by Henry Oil. Folks, call them today. Henry Oil. What's that? You thought winter was leaving because Saturday was nice? Wrong. 401-521-0200. Call Henry Oil. Affordable, reliable fuel oil delivery, where they have automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass., it's Henry Oil. If you need to fill up your tank, call Henry Oil right now, 401-521-0200, online at henryoil.com. Since 1947, they have a proud tradition. Started with one truck, and now, boom, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, Henry Oil, 401 521 Folks, if you check to petro.com, we have a lot of uh, stories up. Fung, Fung is... Um, here comes Fung, or here comes the Fung, as some people are saying. I think that could end up being a parody coming up off the uh, the Beatles song with George Harrison. Here comes the Fung. Um, but check it all out on the website, depetro.com. And depetro.com, one of our sponsors is Delgarian Properties. Ken Delgarian, well-known developer in Rhode Island, strong reputation service over 40 years. He has some tremendous properties. There's a link right at the website, which is, in fact... DePetro.com. Folks, I want to draw your attention to the Facebook page just for a moment. Uh, humor me. For instance, if you want to weigh in, and uh, it, it is somewhat the talk. There's a lot going on in the, the world. There's Roxanne and everybody else on Facebook. But if you go to the Facebook page, John DePetro Show, you will um, uh, see we have the, well, actually, let me pull it up this way. Just very quickly, last night, Right after the Super Bowl, uh, well, during the Super Bowl, actually, I posted. Um, so what did you think? Was it the greatest halftime show or was it terrible? Right now, 674 comments. <laughs> 674 comments, as a matter of fact. So you can weigh in on your thought on this. Um. And again, check it out on the Facebook page. I'm going to read some of the comments in, in just a moment. But it it uh, it is really remarkable just how many people have weighed in on it. I'm, I'm actually I'm not going to spend um, a lot of time. I'm actually I'm not going to spend any time talking about it. You, If you want to weigh in on it, you can. I, let me just read some of the comments, though. Just uh, let's see. Now, these are in no particular order. Um and, you know, Janet, hands down, one of my favorite halftime shows. For me, everyone says Prince. Um, <clears throat> I'm a little different. I was in Houston for Patriots Carolina with, at the time, young Daniel DiPietro when they had that famous Janet Jackson. Tim, I was there when it happened. You didn't know anything had happened just because there was so much else going on at halftime. Then the next year, we were in Jacksonville. Patriots beat the Eagles. And Paul McCartney was the um, halftime entertainment. I remember I attended the press conference with Paul McCartney. And then, let's see, um, then Tom Petty. We were in Arizona when Tom Petty performed. For me, I, I still come back to when you two performed at the halftime. It was 2002. It was in the aftermath of September 11th. Patriots, that incredible upset over the Rams. That was Tom Brady's first uh, Super Bowl win. To me, I'm a little biased just as a Patriot fan. I thought the U2 halftime show was unbelievable. Uh, also, though, because of the tribute to September 11th. And I also think what Springsteen performed um, halftime. A lot of people say Prince, but Janet uh, Tannery, hands down, one of my favorite halftime shows. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, Another comment. Again, this is all on the Facebook page, John DePietro Show. Jessica writes, best halftime show ever. Current generation just got schooled on what good rap really is. You know, that could be a little bit of an oxymoron. Good rap. Uh, Anthony, was it good? Yes. Was it the best show? No. Prince and Bruno Mars was 1,000 times more talented. Um, Let's see. Debbie writes, one of the best halftime shows in years. Uh, Sherry Zoltek Tracy loved, needed to be longer. Um, Paula writes, worst halftime show I've ever seen. Uh, so then other people just saying, uh, Maureen, not my kind of music. <laughs> um, let's see. Richard writes, I'm now convinced 80s best music ever. Well, that, the music they were performing was more in the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, Ann writes, sorry, not music. I enjoyed it because music defines my 16 to 21 years. All right. Was okay with the sound off. <laughs> Sandra, awful. I can't believe people liked it. Angela, that show sucks so bad. Uh, I was busy. Carrie puts, I was busy pouring tobacco sauce in my eyeballs. I don't know. Watched a few minutes. Didn't like it. Thought it was painful. Um, the New York Post has photos of Snoop Dogg having a little uh, some a little cannabis before apparently hitting the stage. Let me just see. Um, here's Janet writes, not my kind of music. Uh, refuse to. Oh, I like this. I love people that then Enzo refuse to watch NBC again. <laughs> because of what, what was it? 18 minutes long. 16 minutes is the halftime show. I will never watch NBC again. Loved it, writes Marie. All right, folks, you can weigh in. Went out and shoveled snow. <laughs> um, let's see. Greatest halftime show ever. All right, it goes on and on and on. So various opinions. Some really liked it. Nope. You know, Eminem taking the knee, I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice it till now they're making a big deal of it. But at the time, I was too busy watching uh, Dr. Dre on the piano and then... And Snoop Dogg. First of all, those that appreciate music, listen, uh, I, I'm not going to get into, I, I'm not going to try to convince anybody. I'll, I'll just say, listen, anyone that follows music, um, The Chronic was a pivotal uh, album at the time. The Chronic, um, you, you just can't deny that, right? The Chronic took over. It, it changed the course of music. I'm not saying you have to like it, but if you, if you follow music, uh, what Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg did, and in, in, as best illustrated in the HBO special, The Defiant Ones, that talked about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre meeting and then becoming billionaires when they sold their idea to Apple. But it, it traces Jimmy Iovine, who worked with you know Bruce Springsteen, who worked with Tom Petty, who who initially... Uh, was home on Easter Sunday and then got called to go work at the recording studio. And John Lennon was recording at the recording studio. But Jimmy Iovine, who worked with Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks, U2, uh, then later years, you know, he signed and, and grabbed uh, Death Row Records. But it, it also has the beginning of how... Uh, John McClane, Snoop Dogg, and Dr. Dre went to New York, and no one would touch the chronic. And then it was John McClane that brought it to Jimmy Iovine. And there's that great scene in the film Straight Out of Compton where Jimmy Iovine, the actor playing him, says, listen, I don't know a lot about rap, but I know what, you, what this is special with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. And then and that just like changed music. And then, you know, in the film, they talk about when Eminem, you know, Dr. Dre heard Eminem's tape and then brings it to his house and just, you know, then they start collaborating. So, and Mary J. Bly, I mean, I used to use her bumper music like way back. And I mean, the HJJ days, we used to use Mary J. Bly music. So, um, listen, it, it, it is, um, it's the NFL and it's, it's the league. And it was an LA halftime show. And I think too much is actually being made about it. It was, a halftime show. I don't know exactly what people expect is, is going to happen. Um, the NFL was more than happy. There's a, a good piece 
I think in the New York Times. Listen, the NFL, no one was happier with that show than the NFL. Because it certainly, no one was talking about the Brian Flores lawsuit. No one is talking about that Tom Brady has retired. The NFL was was more than happy. And and by the way, and who was sitting right next to Roger Goodell, the commissioner in the NFL, anytime the camera panned to him, boom, it's like he and Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Seahawks, would join at the hip. The NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, made sure that anytime the camera panned to him, there was a person of color next to him. So they were, I, I saw a good piece in the, in the New York Times that said that the NFL was more than happy to, as they say, let me get the exact wording, but it, it kind of said like, um, not drown themselves, but just the NFL was more than happy to drape themselves in hip hop oldies, uh, in, 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 you know, basically they were more than happy to, you know, can you imagine Roger Goodell laughing like, and Brian Flores is saying that the league is racist? Let me ask you on this Monday, is there anyone that's saying the league is racist today? <laughs> there is no one after seeing that halftime show that is saying that the NFL is racist. Just the opposite. You know, in either way, Super Bowl's Hollywood moment outshines NFL's problems. They were more than happy. To halftime review, Dr. Dre and company asserted the power of hip-hop, oldies generation of pop music's most watched stage. The NFL was more than happy to allow Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Bly. Uh, they were more than happy, even while Eminem, but they were more than happy to allow them to take over. And it's not like they're saying, well, there you go. There's a, a country band performing. And look at all those white people on the stage. And yep, no, nothing like that. No one's saying that today. So the NFL is such a a power. They're not allowed. You know, they weren't allowed. They were not going to allow, I should say, their product to be tarnished in that way. And so you have to hand it to them. They were more than happy. Watch more, more than 100 million people. Uh, they were more than happy to once again uh, allow that to kind of take over and dictate. And, and what's interesting is if you monitor social media, of which unfortunately I do, um, due to the nature of my personality and occupation, but it is uh, incredible the number of people of color that on this Monday – February 14th, Valentine's Day, are incredible. The number of people who are defending the NFL for allowing the halftime show to go on. So what a difference of, you know, Brian Flores goes after the league and makes all these allegations of of racism. And suddenly, boom, look at this. Less than two weeks later, all these people of color are on social media defending excuse me, defending the NFL, which you didn't see after all those allegations were um, were made. So I, I find that interesting. I think um, the people that run the league, I mean, they're just such a step ahead of everybody else. And they are more than content, I think, to, um, they're more than content to allow this debate to go on because it only, it only benefits them in fighting back against some of the accusations that were made about the league and the shortage of um, of a- African American uh, coaches in the league. So they were the NFL doesn't mind this at all. Um, I just want to look at some of the other headlines. Detroit Lion fans finally have something to cheer about for one day at least. Yeah, their quarterback. Was the quarterback that won the won the Super Bowl? Um, the Rams won a Super Bowl. Have they won Los Angeles fantasy opportunity? You know, it is incredible. Also, that owner and and how much they have accomplished. But I want to get back on track, folks, because that's again, there's plenty of outlets that can discuss the element of sport. Um, like everyone else, I mean, I I don't understand, frankly, someone that would not watch that. Uh, last night, and it was it was very entertaining. It was also turned out to be a great game. Um, 
listen, the Bengals, the Bengals, they also won. Who expected the Bengals and Joe Burrows to be in the Super Bowl? Nobody. So Cincinnati, you know, it's a big deal for the team. It's a big deal for the city. Next year, I mean, good luck trying to get season tickets for the Bengals. Um, you know, when their season starts, they, they, they're juice, so there was a huge win for them, but that was, that was a big-time win for the Rams. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Propane Plus. Now, listen, if you use propane, call Propane Plus today, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call 508-252-3359. Propane Plus. You know, three generations, they're there to serve you online at propaneplus.com. And I want to point out, by the way, it's P-R-O, propane, P-N-P-A-N-E, plus, propaneplus.com. If you go on their website, it's very uh, user-friendly. You know, you immediately establish, is this for residential, commercial, uh, become a customer, always there for you, exceptional propane and service. You can depend on Propane Plus. Make them your propane supplier. As always, you can always mention the John DePietro Show. So again, folks, there's a lot of stories on the website, and I'm going to mention another one in just a moment. But check it out online at DePietro.com. And don't forget, DePietro.com, which is brought to you by Soul Source Restoration. Call them today, 401-712-2700, 401-712-2700, S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. They clean and disinfect residential and commercial properties. Rhode Island or Massachusetts or Connecticut, call Soul Source Restoration today. Request a quote, 401-712-2700. By the way, I want to say good afternoon to, um, we have an increased number of listeners over the line in Connecticut that are listening to the program. I get a lot of your emails lately. Uh, thank you. Good afternoon, one and all. Folks, remember, wherever you are, you can, in fact, listen to the show. If you just uh, go to the website, to petro.com, D-E-P-T-R-O.com, and then Click on, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, contact John, or you can always listen, listen live. You just uh, click on the listen live button. And again, folks, on the website, you know, here comes Fung. Here comes the Fung. Um, and I, and you also see the stories. By the way, I have the video of the NBC T, uh, Channel 10 reporter. It was Friday night. She uh, Joanna Boris, I don't know her. I think she's relatively new. She was reporting outside the home in Providence, 25 Denison Street. And just as they were on the, the air live, the family was coming out of the house. The, the house has been condemned. This is the house where the father was, you know, there were hundreds of rounds within a fire was started in the back. And then the family was allowed maybe to get some belongings, what have you, at the house. So as they're coming out, Channel 10's live across the street. I think the police even moved them, and, and apparently the son went charging up to her. So you can hear, you, you don't see it, because they had already gone to what they call B-roll, which is showing some of the footage they've already captured. But you, you can hear it if you go to the website where, you know what, I think I, I, think I have it. But um, you just hear him saying, shut off the camera. Hey, turn off that camera. I think I have it. Um, I mean, I know I have it. It's just a matter of, um, I think I could play it right now, just quickly, where you hear... Him going after her in uh, there's no bad language or anything, but he actually knocked her down. So they arrested him for assault. So now at the same time, listen, should anyone here it is. Here's where um she apparently was knocked down which must have been frightening but at the at the same time um <clears throat> I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the family's a little unplugged. The father was killed in a gun battle with police. Okay, there's the family. Um, this had been going on for several days. <clears throat> uh, should we really be surprised that then some member of the family was a little unglued? I mean, they're, they're leaving the house where the father was killed in a gun battle with police the morning, early morning before. And 
And there's the television camera, you know, rolling live as they're coming out. I, I'm not justifying what he did. My point is, if you're Channel 10 or anyone else with the media, you you got to know that, you know, that's that's potentially a little bit of a dicey situation. Um, when, when I have gone into, as many of you know, and we have done one after dark, and I've covered some of the, you know, various contentious situations, or, or especially a lot of the riots and the protests. Um, one of the reasons I started traveling with security is because of that, because you encounter some dangerous people. But police were right there on the scene. But you can see that story on the website. And also, folks, I just don't understand, you know, Governor McKee, I don't know how you argue against that. He He's just, he's not alone, but there is an epidemic of drunk driving in the state. And let me be very clear of this. Um, Folks, again, it's 1227. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, But on the website, DePietro.com, I mean, Channel 12 did the story. Rhode Island State Police operating under the influence arrests. 2019, 415 people arrested. 2020, 603 people arrested. 2021, Governor McKee's first year as governor, 953 people arrested. Folks, that's more than double from 2019. Now, I also want to point out something that they're, I don't believe they're distinguishing is it shouldn't come as a surprise that right over the border in Massachusetts, all these recreational Cannabis shops open, and then all of a sudden you have a big uptick in Rhode Island drivers driving under the influence. But if we're to take it at drunk driving, you know, Governor McKee Friday did, you know, to me, they're just going through the motions. He's with Rhode Island DOT state police. Fans don't let fans drink and drive. Well, you know, Saturday night, there was a brutal crash right there. And again, it's an adult hitting children. I remember years ago, it was the young teens that were behind the wheel, Right. But young kids now, seemingly younger people, I should say, seemingly have no problem with taking an Uber or Lyft or they have the designated driver. A lot of these crashes are older people smashing into children. So when you look at the top, the 15 states with the strictest DUI laws, number one, Arizona, number two, Georgia. Both Republican governors. Number three is Alaska. Who wants to live there? Four is Kansas. Five, Oklahoma. Six, Nebraska. Seven is Connecticut. Seven is Connecticut. Then Utah, all the Mormons. Delaware, West Virginia, Colorado, Virginia, Texas, Louisiana, and Washington. Well, Rhode Island's not even in the top 15. So you check Rhode Island's ranked 35th. And we're with Maine in New England. So we're one of the least, most lenient states in New England for drunk driving. In Arizona, first offense, 10 days in jail, boom, automatic. $1,250 fine. Mandatory drug and alcohol testing. Community service. Installation of the uh, ignition intellect. Drug and alcohol education programs. Now... That's first-time offenders. If your blood alcohol level is higher than the penalty, it'll be harsher. Penalties for first-time offenses, if, if you have a high blood alcohol content, 30 days in jail, $2,500 fine. The guy involved with the crash on Saturday night, he was out. They already, he's already out on bail. If this were Arizona... Imagine 30 days in jail automatic, 30 days in jail. And again, everything just gets penalty. The fact of the matter is Rhode Island drunk driving laws are are pretty lenient. And and I don't see, you know, we know um, Governor McKee and Senate President Dominic Ruggiero, Speaker of the House, Joe Sakachi, Attorney General Pina Narona. All Democrats, all white men, there's your Democrat Party. If they wanted to, the four of them could sit in a room and say, all right, listen, we're going to have a two-hour meeting, and we're not leaving here 
until we have topper drunk driving laws. All you'd have to do is mimic Connecticut. Come on, it's two states side by side. I'm not saying you have to mimic whatever the hell it is in Alaska. But because that Saturday night crash, you know, we've learned that it's it's two uh, kids that play hockey from West Warwick. It's two 17-year-olds. And the guy that crashed into them, 30 years old. There's the picture of him. Alexander Krajowski, age 30, of North Kingstown. He smashed into those kids, head-on crash. It's disgraceful. And to make things even worse, the family was online yesterday. Do you know there's a blood shortage in Rhode Island? Folks, the, the third world nature nature of what our healthcare system is right now, it is it's beyond embarrassing. It's it's pathetic. Governor McKee cringed when I used the phrase third world, but think how their families feel. I mean, not only is that boy in critical condition um, and his family fighting for his poor life, they have to go online and ask uh, hockey people in Rhode Island and other friends and family, please go. They have a, a, a shortage for blood. I mean, it, it is just preposterous. And that, you know, and here's the thing with uh, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. You, you can't keep... Dr. Scott is no longer there. You can't keep blaming um, Dr. Scott for this. You can't keep blaming Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott for this when, you know, how how much longer are they going to use Dr. Scott as they're out for why things, you know, are the way they are? So, but, you know, for this whole thing and they're taking... uh, you know, bows as if everything is going great. It is It is not going great. I just want to see. I do not see any other uh, updates, but that that poor, those poor kids. And again, you know, this, this business that uh, these are not youth drunk driving. Um, these are older adults that are, you know, heavily intoxicated, seemingly, getting, uh, getting behind the wheel and then crashing into younger people. But now Governor McKee could say, oh, no, I'm against drunk driving. Well, why don't, well, my point is, listen, it's very simple at 1234 on this Monday. Well, why don't you do something about it? Like he has the power to do something about it. I fully recognize that tourism is important. Hospitality is important. But for crying out loud, Connecticut is in the top 10 strictest drunk driving laws. Connecticut is, you know, a bordering state. It, 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 it makes no sense to me that the state right next to us is listed in the country seventh tough, toughest drunk driving laws in the country. And, and Rhode Island is back at 35. So I, I repeat, I know that, um, yes, I did mention that. PC is ranked eighth in the country. Yes, I did, uh, I did mention that just a few moments ago. But uh, so that is huge for PC Fires with a huge game tomorrow night. If they beat Villanova, if they beat Villanova, um, tomorrow night's going to be even more consequential. So, so tomorrow night at the dunk is number eight Providence host number ten Villanova. So that's pretty big. That is big time. So, but PC, I don't remember the last time they were in the top 10. Folks, just to give you an idea, at 1235, Gonzaga's number one, Auburn two, Arizona three, Kentucky four, Purdue is five. Listen to these next schools. Six is Kansas. Seven is Baylor. Providence is eight. Duke is nine. And Villanova is 10. So tomorrow night, PC Friars ranked eighth in the country, host Number 10, Villanova. That's a big-time college basketball game. So I'm going to get to the sound. We have plenty of sound, and I want to just remind people um, what's happening right now overseas is we are, Russia is on the verge of going to invade Ukraine and and how the Biden administration are going to deal with that still still remains to be seen, as a matter of fact. And I also want to point out, by the way, speaking of, I haven't talked a lot about the Olympics, but the men's hockey team is undefeated. And that's Cranston's David Quinn, 
who got let go by the Rangers, but he is um, he is the coach. Um, you know, they stand a very, very good chance of getting a medal in these Olympic Games. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Brood Awakening. Stop in, discover the brood difference, uh, big, comfortable TVs, fresh ingredients, cozy environment. Uh, brood Awakenings, two locations in Johnston, one on Pontiac Avenue, and then um, the other one is right there on Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Uh, stop in right now if you're hungry for lunch. Pop it and see them at Brood Awakenings. The situation, um, there's a couple of different stories. Number one, I um, I can't believe how much uh, what is being said about these truckers. You know, it's it's really incredible how you have peaceful protests and how they're being depicted, how they're being treated how they're being depicted. I don't know how much this is going to spread to our country. Uh, Because in our country, things are starting to loosen up. But you see the difference in right now, the um, look at the situation of Virginia. The bill to end the Virginia school mask mandate has passed the House and now it's headed to the governor's desk. What a difference between... Um, what a difference between what's going on in Rhode Island and then what is going on in some other states. But right now, over 130,000 Russian troops are now staged outside Ukraine. Folks, not only do we know that President Biden is weak, his administration is weak. The United States right now, we, we're just, I don't remember the last time we were at such a weak point. You might have to go back to the Carter presidency. They seem very willing that they are willing to test the United States right now. Some airlines have canceled flights to Ukraine and troops there unloaded fresh shipments of weapons. Presidents sought to project confidence in the face of U.S. warning of possible invasion within days. Growing number of Russian forces. The president of Ukraine spoke to President Biden for an hour, insisting the Ukrainians had the country under safe, reliable protection against a feared attack. White House said they both agreed to keep pushing deterrence and diplomacy. I, I mean, right now, it just seems that Putin has reached a stage where he is like now or never. If he's going to do it, they're going to do it now. The Biden administration has become increasingly outspoken about its concern. Russia will stage an incident in the coming days create a false pretext for an invasion. They're going to pretend that Ukraine fired on them and then they're defending themselves. And the next thing you know, you know, whenever you have a bunch of troops lined up, who is it that really knows who shot first? Um, and then they're just going to continue this narrative that they were fired upon. And and one thing about the Russians is they they would not hesitate to kill some of their own troops uh, just to blow it up, to say that it was done by the Americans in Ukrainian military, and therefore they have no other um, option other than, you know, to return fire. U.S. and European intelligence findings have sparked worries about Russia may try to target Ukraine military exercise slated for Tuesday. Eastern Ukraine launch a false flag operation. So they're doing military exercise, so they may target that. Um, American intelligence have t- believed targeting the military exercise one of multiple options they've weighed as a possibility. White House has underscored they do not know with certainty if he's made a final determination to launch an invasion. Moscow's forces are massing on the Ukraine's northeast and south, what the Kremlin insists on military exercises. This does not sound good in any way. A U.S. official updated the Biden administration how many Russian forces are now staged. More than 130,000, up from more than 100,000. Whew. So they've increased from 100,000 troops to 130. Doesn't sound like a de-escalation to me. I, I don't know what to make of this Zelensky of Ukraine. We keep, keeps repeatedly downplaying it, you know. Uh, if you have any information forward with that to us, that they're definitely coming in. You people are being paranoid. 
I, 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 I don't know about that. Are they really putting 130,000 troops and they're not going to do anything about it? It certainly doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. No, I would. I, I don't think our intelligence is off on that. Folks, look at how the Russians want to operate. So they want to, you know, come up with something that would then make it that it was, in fact, um, you know, our fault that that it was the not it was um, Ukraine that instigated this against Russia. Folks, good afternoon. Right now at 1241, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, folks, it's brought to you by the Senadale Revival. Comfort Food and Cocktails, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Shane runs a great operation. I'll see you, the Senadale Revival. Uh, winner of several Rhode Island Monthly Awards. Check them out right there at the end of Smith Street, right at the very end of Mineral Spring Avenue, 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Again, there's a link on the website, which is depetro.com. But the um, it's just it's hard to focus on anything else when right now, frantic 48 hours to stop Europe from war. 130,000 Russian troops border Ukraine. Very potent weapon system and social media battleground. They want to put out that, in fact, uh, they plan on offensive to show or say that that it is, in fact, it was that they were fired upon, which is, you know, why they are moving in that direction. Russian buildup near Ukraine features potent weapon system, well-trained troops. They can attack Ukraine from multiple directions, but aren't sufficient enough to occupy the entire country. Russia's enormous military buildup near Ukraine features some of its most potent weapon systems, provides the Kremlin with the means to attack from multiple directions, which likely would overstretch their defenses. Uh, In its buildup, this is Wall Street Journal, quick in recent weeks, they have positioned forces on three sides of Ukraine. Belarus, Western Russia, and Crimea, and on naval vessels in the Black Sea. The forces include some of Russia's best-trained battalions, special forces, surface-to-surface missiles that could strike targets throughout Ukraine. This is frightening. The more than 130,000 troops Russia has in the region are still too few to seize and occupy the entire country. Urban warfare would be a challenge as it was for Russian forces fighting in Chechnya more than a decade ago, and for the U.S. and its partners in the Iraqi city of Mosul in the recent struggle against the Islamic State. However, Russian deployment provided its commanders formidable advantage, include the capability to make rapid thrusts into your Ukraine's capital, seize swaths of territory, take command of the skies, blockade the country's ports, Advantages are very strong up front. They can move quickly, use artillery, missile systems, long range, high rate of fire, target military facilities, air defense, army units. Over time, the mission would become more complicated. Holding roads, securing terrain, cordoning off major cities, urban, urban warfare, manpower intensive. They don't train on that scale. Still, though, I mean... Where is all this leading, for crying out loud? None of this sounds very positive. Uh, and folks, Biden, I mean, this this is what it basically comes down to is, you know, you have to ask yourself, do you really have confidence that the Biden-Harris administration is up for this challenge? Doesn't seem to be. So you have the Bidens returning to the White House after being at Camp David. There they are, masks on, outside, walking hand in hand, no question. Of reporters yelling questions to the president, the first lady, walking outside with their masks on. He doesn't answer anything. He just says, happy Valentine's Day. That's interesting. All right, let's go to more of the sound. CNN reporter says, freedom convoy wrapped in the sort of notion, the guise of freedom. What is that supposed to mean? Let's hear this. Now, are there concerns that <coughs> protesters may come back and they're not done causing these disruptions? 
Yeah, most definitely. That is the main concern in the immediate future for police here, which, you know, after all of the drama of the last week, it ended sort of with a whimper. About 30 arrests, about 12 cars were eventually towed. Uh, great patience and restraint on the part of police who just basically waited out the protesters uh, for a couple of days before moving them all out. But now the challenge is going to be uh, keeping that corridor open because the, the bridge, when you get off on the Canadian side, it's about three miles of surface streets till. They hit the next highway, and there's lots of areas where they can. Uh, protesters have said they're going to get in. They're going to try to slow things down. There's still a very heavy police presence along this route, trying to keep anyone who moves in there moving along and not letting anyone stop. Basically, so it's going to have to continue for a while because you have protests, border protests uh, across Canada as well. Several other locations across Canada, much smaller border crossings than this one, and, and not don't, they don't pack nearly the economic punch as the as the closing. Of the border crossing here, but other protests in Canada still going on, and obviously in Ottawa as well, where protesters have taken over Parliament Hill there uh, and refusing to leave, and maybe some will leave, and then they don't. So there's there's a lot of fighting going on among the protesters themselves. Uh, this started off as an anti-vaccine protest, and it was anti-mandate, now sort of generically anti-government, all wrapped in this sort of notion or the guise of freedom, you know, whatever that means to these individuals. Uh, basically, they want exactly what they want, which is all those restrictions going on. Uh, Talk about condescending, whatever that means to these individuals. But again, you know, should we really be surprised with the fact that it is a, um, a, um, the fact that it's a, a CNN report, the fact that it's a, a CNN report, should we really be surprised? But folks, I know that, you know, the situation with the truckers, it is important. Um, we support them. This, you know, it just shows that, that you can only push people so far. But I can't um, stress enough the importance of what's going on. To me, all of this, um, all of this really, uh, to me, takes a back seat if, in fact, and when, if, if the Russians go into Ukraine. Because that is um, that is really detrimental, and and let alone the fact if they're going to do it, and not even wait till the Olympics are over. You notice it's almost like something out of a movie of Putin going to the Olympics. More and more, really, just seem to be um, an excuse for the for the two leaders to be able to talk. Right, in order for the two leaders to talk. Privately was Putin's excuse to attend the opening of the Olympic Games instead of just picking up the phone or anything like that. You know, as you can imagine, both uh, leaders are are pretty paranoid and uh, want to avoid any type of possibility that their conversation might be heard. So instead, he went to the opening of the Olympic Games and um, and then they were able to talk. But I want to just play this is the Today Show growing threat of the Ukraine invasion. Folks, again, this is um, this is really going to turn things in our country uh, upside down if, in fact, this happens. And um, Richard Engel is there. He's a solid reporter. I just want to hear this. Countries now have urged their citizens to leave this country. Vladimir Putin is keeping the world guessing. Uh, this weekend, President Biden spoke with the Russian president, and then President Biden briefed the Ukrainian president and told him that should Russia invade, the United States would respond swiftly and decisively in concert with U.S. allies. But so far, diplomacy is not producing any breakthroughs. Armed and capable of redrawing the map of Europe, Russia continues to build up troops and weapons along Ukraine's borders, surrounding the country Russia considers a part of its homeland. U.S. officials say Russia has well over 100,000 troops near Ukraine's borders and that they could invade in the coming days, including during the Winter Olympics. Russia denies it will invade Ukraine and calls vocal concerns from Washington and NATO allies warmongering hysteria. Ukraine's President Zelensky again said this weekend he doesn't expect a Russian attack. 
Ukraine has called for an urgent meeting with Russia within 48 hours, asking Moscow to explain what all those troops are doing on its borders. But some communities are taking matters into their own hands. Just across from Russia, in the city of Mariupol, some Ukrainians are preparing. Basic training for the whole family. Learning first aid to treat gunshot and shrapnel wounds. And weapons training on a 7.62 caliber AK-47 is Valentina Konstantinovskaya. The 79-year-old is a retired accountant and a great-grandmother. You're about my mother's age, and I can't picture my mother laying down on the concrete learning how to fire an assault rifle. Do you think you would actually be doing this? Yes, if Putin comes, I should be able to shoot. The threat is very serious, she says, and I think every person in our country should be able to shoot from the window or on the street if the enemy comes. Down the firing line. No ammunition, just learning to point, shoot, and work safety. Mm. Paulina Karova is a university senior studying foreign languages. How are you both feeling right now? Um, for me, I'm scared a little. That's why I'm here. But still, I hope that uh, nothing will happen. Today, it is Germany, Germany's attempt at diplomacy with the German Chancellor meeting with the Ukrainian president uh, in Kiev today and then flying to Moscow to meet with Vladimir Putin tomorrow. Savannah? All right, Richard Engel in Ukraine for us. Thank you, Richard. You know, again, folks, it, um, <clears throat> I can't stress enough, um, and I, I recognize, uh, good afternoon. Right now, it's 1253. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, how much... This is going to dominate the news, and it's hard to believe right now, you know, you have the Russian president who's, it's like he's playing, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but he's, he's really playing a game. Uh, the United States, we seem to really be um, in a position that they, they are just completely unsure what Putin is going to do, what his intentions are, how far he wants to go in. Um, and, and just, you know, look, look at what's happening right now in, right? Inflation is tough and the country is certainly not united. If anything, the, the country is, um, more and more divided. The, um, what, what is, it's just hard to ignore the impact that that is going to have on things should this happen. And then also news. I mean, I know that, um, the, the, the cable networks, coverage of the Russians taking over Ukraine, um, it's going to be pretty, pretty dominating coverage. And this is, you know, not what we're looking for. And then on the other side, you have China waiting for the Olympics to end. And then seemingly they're going to in, in, invade Taiwan. Um, it also can't be, it can't be missed. That all this talk about borders, right? I'm not going to be the first one to say this, but it's pretty rich irony that all of this talk about the border and the border Ukraine and the Russians are on the border. And yet seemingly our vice president in this administration, they do nothing about the border of uh, our southern border and the number of people that are streaming over our southern border. Um, You know what else you're also starting to really see is. As much as many of the Democrat governors are starting to come around and loosen the the mask mandates, it's really done on polling. It's really being done because they're seeing just how much opposition there is against it. And I can't stress enough, something that is lacking right now in our state is the fact that uh, the Republican Party does not have a credible candidate who's running for governor, who could be shining a light on this, who could be gaining exposure from this. Uh, Massachusetts has one in Jeff Deal. Jeff Deal ran a very strong campaign against Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. Jeff Deal, who we've had on the program many times, who I like a lot, um, he is in fact, um, you know, he, he's running for governor and is speaking out and gaining momentum But the Rhode Island Republican Party 
And by not having a gubernatorial candidate is, I believe, really missing an opportunity to cash in because people are not happy about this. Um, Look at right now at 1256 on this Monday. Look at, you know, McKee, Governor McKee stays with the mask mandate in place, even though, listen, uh, I was out on Saturday and there were still a lot of people in the stores wearing masks. I don't know if they believe it. They're unaware that it was lifted. But I saw a lot of people, more people in mass than not in mass. Now, again, I don't know. I have no problem with that. I don't say anything if someone's wearing a mask. I don't care. I, I would not say something to someone wearing a mask, nor do I want them saying something to me because I'm not in a mask. I still saw some on Saturday people driving around alone in the car with a mask on. Again, I don't know if it's out of habit. Um, I think we need to move into that area, but what still in no way makes sense is how Governor McKee still has the mask mandate in place for children in schools. And and it's still it's there until March 4th when then school districts, then they can decide whether or not they want to loosen uh, the mask mandate and maybe make it optional. But Providence has already said Providence is going to keep the children in the mask. You know, if you did watch the Super Bowl yesterday, what people wouldn't realize is the fact that the um, Los Angeles still has uh, an indoor mask mandate or the children have to wear a mask inside in L.A. for the schools. But all the celebrities that were uh, attending, you didn't really see any of them in masks. The only one that I did see in a mask, they showed LeBron in a luxury box. He didn't have one. But I think when Jay-Z arrived on the, I think he was even on the field, I don't think he would, I think he had a full mask on. So my point is, I think it's a little confusing to to some, to people. Um and, and I, I want to be very clear. I don't think if, if you don't want to wear a mask, um, I, I, the, the thing that you should not be doing is harassing someone who does feel comfortable. Again, for anyone that if you travel quite a bit or in, in diff, even before the pandemic, before the pandemic, I have been on an airplane and there have been people in a mask before the pandemic. You go to certain parts of the country, certain big cities, and you'll see people wearing a mask. So, um, so that part I think has to has to also end. Or I don't understand people that are not wearing a mask questioning someone like, "Why do you have a mask on?" I like that. That I don't get. I don't support. Uh, maybe there's a temptation there, but ultimately, folks, you have to say like, "What do What do you care?" If there's someone driving around alone in a car with a mask on, I, you know, you just have to, what's, who cares? Just, you know, live your life. All right, next hour, we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. We have another full hour to go. More on the elections, more on the mask, and more on the latest in Ukraine. It's John DePietro on this Monday. Again, next hour is radio only. Let's uh, take a quick break. Be back on the other side after the 1 o'clock news.